Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. This week's episode is brought to you by Anya Hennessy Midwifery. Anya is not only a midwife, but she's also a hypnobirthing instructor. So hypnobirthing is not some strange hypnotic way to give birth with some old stigma surrounding it. It's a complete birth preparation course to give you back the confidence and knowledge to have a positive birth experience no matter what type of birth you have. Vaginal, caesarean, induction or spontaneous at home or in the hospital environment, every birth of every type can be positive and empowering. When you know what's happening in your body and work in conjunction with the physical and physiological side, your body works in harmony, giving you the ability to stay calm and enjoy the entire experience. In Anya's class, you discuss lots of different topics and practice plenty of relaxation. So don't be too surprised if you fall asleep or leave feeling ready just to hop into bed. So under current restrictions, Anya obviously can't hold in-person classes, but she is holding her hypnobirthing class over Zoom. So she has kindly offered a 10% discount to any of the Birth Story listeners. So simply state the code Birth Stories 10. Um, I will link her Facebook page, Instagram and website so you can get in touch there with her to book the class. So in this week's episode, I chat to Alice and she talks me through her one pregnancy and birth. So I have decided with Alice's support to split her story across two episodes. The reason being she shares so much information across her birth story and then talking about her postpartum hemorrhage in which will be in the second episode. So Alice in this episode talks me through her pregnancy, how she prepared. She then talks us through her labour. So she laboured for about 30 hours and she was on her own for quite a long time because she gave birth during COVID. She did opt for an epidural. She was exhausted. She had little or no sleep and she needed, just needed a break to prepare herself for giving birth to her little boy naturally. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I really appreciate all the detail that Alice shared and I know you will too. Enjoy. Alice, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. If you want to just begin by giving us a little introduction to you and your lovely family. Yeah, perfect. So uh, 
my name is Alice. I my partner's name is Paddy. Um, we have one little boy. He is nine months tomorrow, actually. Um, and um, yeah, just just a little family of three. So there's not much then between himself and Eva. What date was he born? No, I thought that he was born the 12th. What was Eva? Yeah, she was the 8th. Really? Yeah, it's only a few days between them. Cool. <laughs> it's mad. Yeah, I've seen um I've seen some some of your posts. I re- I gathered that they were um close enough in age. So, um he's a little pandemic baby as well, which was fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and by the looks of things, they're going to be nearly like the first year of life will be Practically a whole year in lockdown. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. I, I, yeah. I have, I have pros and cons of the pandemic. I feel most of it was um, pros, but now I'm starting to feel it. This, this lockdown has just been a bit tougher. I'm sure it's the same. They're just getting to that age now where I'm just like, I want to go out and see yeah. more people and do more things with them. But yeah, I can't complain. No, I can relate. So let's talk about um, yeah. your pregnancy. Was your pregnancy planned? So it, um, so Patty and I work in film and TV. So um, it is wouldn't be the most family friendly environment or industry that we work in. Um, the hours are extremely long and can be, you know, up to. They can take you anywhere. There's no sort of set structure with our job. So, um. I suppose like anyone if like when we sat down and said if there was ever a perfect time there we probably would never have the perfect time to and say now this is this is the right time it was never going to happen with our job so we had talked about whether we felt we were ready to have um kids and um we definitely decided that we would be um and I kind of always had a niggle in the back of my head that I might have trouble um conceiving because there's on my mom's side of the family all the women have had um just a bit of trouble my mom was only ever able to get pregnant once in her life um, and I just had a niggling feeling that I might have trouble and I'd always said this to Paddy that you know I'd hate to I'd hate to wait and wait and wait till the right time and then figure out that I have a problem and then we're faced to down that um that road so we kind of decided that if we were to get pregnant now we would be delighted and we would be ready um so the long-winded answer to your question is we weren't trying not to get pregnant but equally we weren't you know I wasn't tracking my cycle or taking my temperature or doing any of the ovulation six weeks kind of just um just went with it really I didn't want I didn't want it ever to become a stressful situation mm. I know it, it may have but I never ever wanted to be stressed and and worried about it and so we figured it but we I mean it honestly happened like straight away so there was no time to even think about being stressed or if I had a problem so um we were delighted when we found out like um yeah I, I wasn't expecting it to to happen or take that quickly but yeah so how did you find out was it um a missed period or did you just feel feel that you were yeah so yeah it was crazy actually it was Paddy was working in Cork at the time on a job for four months so how 
it even happened I'm not even sure but we basically never saw each other and um he had gone back to Cork and um I was on a job with a friend and we had been working on this job for weeks like um for ages and ages and we'd like actually synced up and we were laughing about it and I was like that's mad that's how much time we're spending together and then this female director came on for the the next month that we were working and she goes oh it's so weird I've just got my period and I'm early and I was like crazy you're actually syncing up with all of us we're all isn't that so funny she goes oh so you have your period now and I was like um actually no I don't but it should be here any any minute now because everyone else has so I'm right behind you and then it was like the next day and then I and like I've never been so aware of waiting for my period because everyone else was like oh we're all on our period yeah and <laughs> I was like it was so highlighted that I hadn't got it my friend was like should you take a test I was like no 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 definitely not um no no and then as the week went on she was like would you just take a test and I was like yeah okay maybe I should and I hadn't I really thought my dates weren't were wrong I really thought I was like a week too late so I was like oh definitely not and it was the Friday evening and I was driving home to an empty house Patty wasn't even going to come up that weekend and I was like oh I may as well just I'll just go get a test and I drove into Tesco got myself a test and some or did I get myself nachos to like have guac and dip night by myself with like a margarita and a pregnancy test as you do (laughs) (laughs) went took the pregnancy test nothing happened it just was blank and I was like okay great Uh, I've broken it so I was like all right so the next time I was like I'm not going to pee on the stick because it's my last one I'm going to pee in the glass and I'll hold it in and like the first time I'd done the whole like peed on it turned it down waited the three minutes wandered around to talk to my dog for a while it's like okay here we go turned it over nothing so I was like I'm gonna pee in the glass instead and then so I put the the pregnancy test in and I'm like okay hold it in for 20 seconds and then wait and like five seconds in because I had this vision in my head I'll put it down and then I'll turn it over and I'll make video my reaction anyway I held it in for like five seconds and it was just like three plus weeks pregnant or five plus whatever the max is and I was like oh god wow <laughs> so I was like oh my god I actually couldn't I really couldn't believe it I was like no so I called Patty and I was like the selfless thing would be to just say come up tomorrow and you know tell him in a nice way and I was like no I have to tell him I can't be the only one knowing so I just um I told him on FaceTime and I was like I think you should come up tomorrow and he's like why I was like there's just been a slight change of plans he's like why what's wrong I was like I'm pregnant Mm -hmm. so he was not expecting because he wasn't even we weren't living together he didn't even know it was late we like was yeah we were we were delighted we really were we were um both finishing up on a job in the coming weeks and we were due to go to Australia to see his parents anyway and so it just fit perfectly that um we went over and I was about eight weeks pregnant by the time we went so we were able to like give you know do like a little surprise and mm. um, wrapped up a gift and wrap, 
I think we brought the pregnancy test or something. I can't remember. Anyway, but we did like a nice thing to tell them, which was lovely because we haven't seen them since. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so obviously when you came back, then you went to your GP or did you go for a scan or did you visit your GP before you went? No. So I, I went and visited my GP before I went um, and she confirmed it and she just said, um, told me how the whole thing worked and this would be the hospital and um she so that was it she said you go in for your 12-week scan and I said grand fine so at about seven weeks uh, I think it was seven and seven and two I started bleeding and I was like okay it was a bit of spotting to start with and um I kind of didn't I wasn't overly concerned I thought it's fine I've I'd read up a bit of stuff and then it continued. And then one morning I woke up and it was quite heavy and I was like, Oh God. Okay. So I rang my doctor and she said, look, just go in. Um, I didn't have a clue how anything worked, but it was just amazing. You just head in straight into the kind of casualty, which was just a room and um, they see you kind of pretty quickly and they did a scan and it was amazing because I wasn't expecting a scan for so long. Um, so they did an internal scan and um, could see the heartbeat straight away, which was just, I kind of was taken aback by it. I kind of wasn't almost prepared. I was like, oh my God, wow, that's, yeah, that was, it was kind of amazing because it just, um, and they had said basically the bleeding was probably, um, you can have like a, like a leftover pocket of, blood from previous periods that is just shedding but it just so happened to be quite a bit but um so I had that scan and it was amazing because then we could take um little of a peanut basically was that was nice and then um they wanted to see me then when I came home so I think that was seven weeks and then 10 weeks um they did another scan and then the 12 weeks and then I kind of was seen quite regularly um just to make sure everything was okay and um it was great I mean my pregnancy was um I kind of I I absolutely loved pregnancy I I say I always say I had no issues I had the usual like pelvic girdle pain I had really bad lower back around Christmas time last year um so I started doing yoga okay not very flexible the best of times I don't think I've been able to touch my toes since I was Bo's age but (laughs) so I really wanted to work on that and um, I found it amazing like really I've never been patient enough for yoga I'm usually someone who's just like running or lifting weights or just like high impact stuff so the yoga was just just amazing it was really good and she was great um and I loved that and I did that all the way up obviously we went on to zoom towards the end but I mean I was 41 weeks pregnant still doing it her class and um just found it great so I was pretty active I worked um as I said with the film stuff you're you're on your feet sort of 12 hours a day so I worked up until Christmas time and then it just stopped because of Christmas and then I was planning to take whatever work came my way it was fine and then a job came up and it was a big job 
and it was going to go over my due date. And I was like, yeah, no, absolutely. I can do that. And they were like, if you want to head off like two weeks, like if you want to pop off then like that's no problem. And I was like, yeah, no, absolutely. I'll probably go late anyway. So I'll just work right up until like absolutely mad stuff. Yeah. And luckily COVID came and just made me sit and do nothing. And it was the best thing for me. I just, um, yeah, I just stopped and I just relaxed and I, I walked every day and I found that really helped any kind of of the pelvic girdle pain and um, kept as active as I could um, and uh, went to all my my scans, which were always showing um, they were showing that he was healthy and um, moving along and um, Paddy had was able to go to every scan up until about 30 I don't know, 34, 35 weeks. So we were very lucky in that sense. And I feel really sorry for people now, you know, going to those first scans or the 20 week scans, all those, you know, um, because they're such special times and um, so nice to have someone. So um, in saying that though, I have, I did find going to get my scans while we were in COVID time, like, I just described like the waiting room for some of the scans as like a bullpen of just like pregnant women and plus their significant others, children. And it was just, I remember sometimes being like, this is absolute madness. Madness. This is hectic. I'm sure there are women here who feel so nauseous and this is not what they need. And so I think there's a lot to be said for actually pairing it back a bit for you know some of the just keeping the hospital a bit quieter I find that really nice actually um but yeah all my I went my my 20 week scan showed that he had um a thing called hydronephrosis which um basically shows that the kidneys aren't um functioning quite as well as they should um now the nurse told me not to look it up um so I I didn't accept I took I just looked up the name because I just wanted to know what it was and she said what we'll do is we'll bring you back at 34 weeks and I expect it to have gone um and if it hasn't it's really just a renal doctor we'll kind of see him at, at birth and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it so I really just looked up the name and then I just put it out of my head I didn't want to worry about something I didn't need to um so it, it, it did exactly what she said basically um we came along to the 34 weeks and it had completely cleared up and um now she said she still said to this day if you need to just remember it that if there's any kind of issues you could it's worth mentioning um to a doctor in later life is ever having any sort of kidney issues but um that was kind of it um, for the 20 week, which was great. And um, that was all cleared up by 34. And then um, it was kind of smooth sailing up until I delivered them, really. So talk to me about your preparation. Had you thought about preferences? So what way you would have, like with pain relief, did you prepare with uh, hypnosis or anything like that? 
Yeah, so I had, um, I mean, I read every book under the sun and listened to so many podcasts um, like like this one. It's just, I just think it was great listening to other women, especially the first time just hearing people's experiences and mm. especially positive ones. And um, I'd read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, which is an amazing book. Um, I definitely had wanted to do um, hypnobirthing. Um, and between work and Paddy's work, it kind of just kept getting pushed down the line and I wasn't under any pressure to kind of book it just yet. Um, and then COVID hit and things started to ca- um, become cancelled. So I'd had um, a few things cancelled on me coming up to it. So basically the only thing we managed to go to is actually the antenatal classes with the hospital, which I actually found just great. Um also wouldn't have needed to go to them either I was saying thinking I'd been so stressed if they'd been cancelled but you're absolutely fine and we'll make it through if you don't go to your antenatal classes but I just is it explained the whole process to me it explained what would happen in the hospital and the one thing I found really useful was I kind of had birth preference um and I had an idea of how I wanted to go. And when they explained how their ideal scenario was, it was exactly like mine. Um, they talked through the whole thing of, I mean, I was open to, I wanted to try it, say like most people, I wanted to try with no um, pain, uh, uh, medicine. And I wanted to... Um, but equally, I was open to it. It wasn't something that I would, I didn't get in my head and think I'm going to have failed if I get an epidural yeah. or anything. Um, and I wanted to him to come up onto my chest when he was born. I would, my preference was to have delayed cord clamping um, for him to do skin to skin with me for an hour at least and then to feed and, you know. The usual. It's basically exactly how they talked through. That is what they wanted. That's their preference. So I sort of felt if things weren't going that way, there was a reason why, and I would be okay with that within reason. You know, I knew what I wanted, mm. and I knew that I. But equally, I wasn't rigid to anything. I was kind of open to go with the flow. Um, and Paddy was great as well. He's he'd be very um. I want to say he'd be very vocal, but not in a, he, he'd speak up for me. He was, a, he was my a good sounding voice and he's very um, confident in things and birth didn't phase him at all. Um, so he was amazing to have. I kind of knew, I think maybe if I'd had someone who was less, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but. <laughs> he's ad- advocating for you if you needed to. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think that that's exactly the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, probably would have been a little bit more stressed, but I kind of knew he knew what I wanted. We had obviously talked about how we wanted it to go, yeah. and he was he would be my my voice as well if if I couldn't be. So, um, yeah, I went. Um, so, I went into labor. I was I started having a few Braxton Hicks. I think there wasn't anything kind of wild nothing it he was very he was happy in in there he wasn't really budging um so 
at 30, uh, 41, 41, bang on. Um, we were sitting around having breakfast and it was like 12 o'clock and I was like, you know, I actually don't think I felt to move, which they were like, sorry, what? Will you, or, since when? I was like, um, actually, probably maybe last night. They were like, oh, for God's sake, would you, like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, actually. And he's pretty active, baby. Now, he was getting pretty squished, but so he was kind of quieting down anyway. But I rang the hospital and they said, look, just come in because there's no point in you waiting around. Come in and we'll have a check. So we moseyed on in and I was hooked up and they do like a little test. And he got he was he ended up by the end of the test moving and they did all the give you cold water and all that. Um, so then a doctor was like, would you like me to give you a sweep and um, just examine you? So I said, yeah, that would be, I would like that. I'd prefer to try that than, you know, wait to be induced or anything. And at that point, yeah. they hadn't talked about anything. I was due to go in the next day, but they hadn't talked about any sort of induction or, or even a sweep. So I thought, well, yeah, I'd like to get that. So she basically said, I'm happy to, I'm happy to leave you because you're coming in tomorrow anyway for a check um I'm comfortable if you're comfortable not inducing okay. and and um I said yeah absolutely especially since I was coming in the next day anyway and um so I went home and at about 9 p.m I got uh what I felt was a sort of the first contraction um just the tightening around the tummy and so I kind of stayed quiet and just monitored it myself and they kind of were from this from the get-go I think they started coming every um six minutes so about 45 minutes later I was like yeah look I think I think I've started something and um Paddy was like okay right great okay just getting all excited and I was just thinking why does labor start <laughs> at nine o'clock at night when yeah should, I know <laughs> yeah go and have a little rest so Anyway, um, they, yeah, I kind of sat up, we were watching a movie or whatever, and they did kind of, I say ramp up, they were, they were, they were certainly progressing anyway. So about midnight, we went to bed and unfortunately the lying down just didn't help it. Um, but I was equally trying to get some rest. So, um, I didn't end up getting any rest. I kind of would... I'd maybe fall asleep for about a minute between the contractions and then they'd they'd wake me. So um but it was lovely and Paddy had made it all nice. He'd come up and lit a candle and um was tearing around the house like a headless chicken, even though everything was ready and organized. <laughs> it was his way of doing something. Um so yeah, the lying down though just really didn't help. I feel like if I had maybe laboured from in the morning to start with. And I could have kept moving. It might have progressed a bit faster, but um, it didn't. And at about six o'clock, I got into the shower and it was just like total relief. In fact, I almost was like, I can't feel anything. This is amazing. So I stood in the shower for... 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A long time. And then um, Paddy at this point was like, I think we should go in. I think we should go in. Let's just go in. We'll head in. And I kind of didn't really mind either way. I wasn't thinking if I go in now, I'm going to get so stressed and slow the labor down. I was happy to labor for a couple of more hours at home but equally if Paddy was tearing around and wanting me to go in I figured that wasn't going to be relaxing either so and yeah. again first first baby you're just like I don't know I'd heard so many stories of people that were like I had a contraction and four hours later he was born and I'm like well I'm certainly not that person because I've passed that a long time ago but I was happy to just to go in and um uh suss it out with them so we went in at about eight o'clock, maybe nine. And um, yeah, it was just wild because it was just there's the COVID thing. So it's like he drops me off at the front door. I kind of get out with my little handbag and head in and say, hi, I think I'm in labor. And they take me to um, get checked. And he says, yeah, you are, but you know, you're not in active labor, which is a stupid word for it because that one to three centimeters, it has to be called labor. It's ridiculous. Um, there's certainly pain um, involved. So I said, fine, okay. So they brought me to the room where you're just in a ward with some other women that are also in early labor. And I just found it so surreal. I was like, what we all just sit in here with a with curtains around us just moaning away to ourselves by ourselves and I was like this is bizarre so mm. um I just put I had a great um what is the name of the app it is called Freya um 
have you heard of the Freya app? I think I've heard it. Yeah. Heard yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's really, it was really nice. It was, you know, it's a lady talking to you through sort of hypnosis stuff and then you can start your timer and she does, she counts for you. And so I plugged her in and I plugged my friend had also made me a playlist, which was fabulous. So I listened to that and I just, honestly, I found it actually very empowering to labor by myself because not that I'm saying I would have preferred it, but it just was a thing that I found here. We all are in this bizarre situation by ourselves and you just have to put your head down and get through it. There's, there's no, you know, there's nothing that can be done for you. And you either sit here and panic and feel sorry for yourself and think I can't do it alone or else you just power through. And I kind of just powered through and I, there wasn't anyone to moan to. And I just, what I found is I was tracking my, my contractions and I the moment I sat down like clockwork they slowed and I mean just sat on the edge of the bed and I was like nope up you get because all I wanted to do was get into active labor and have Paddy come in um so it was really like clockwork I mean if I stopped one second the next contraction would go, could go to seven eight minutes and I was like no up you get so I just spent the entire time swaying lunging walking down the corridor and um just really trying to focus on breathing um so then it was kind of odd I could feel something like between my legs and I was like um okay what's that (laughs) so I called a midwife who came and she was a student midwife and I said look there's just there's something between my legs and she was like is it the head and I was like I presume it's not that because I don't think I'd be able to speak to you like this. But mm. um, it feels like the like the sack or the water or like something. And she was like, oh, no, 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 it's probably it's probably I don't know what she said it probably was. But she was like, no, it's not that. And I was like, OK. And then I'd have another contraction. I'm like, no, something is coming out of me. So I went to the bathroom and. I ended up having to take a photo and still sometimes shock myself if I come across the photo by mistake. But I was like, oh my God, it is. It was the it was like a bulge from the sack of water coming out. And so I, when you like, when you initially said this to the midwife, did she not request to have a look or No. No, it was the oddest thing. She just said she really fobbed me off um, and was just like, and honestly, I can't even remember what she said it could have been. So that's why I went and I was like, no, I'm taking a photo. There's yeah. absolutely something coming out of me. Um, and also then the colour of it to me looked quite like not a good colour. I thought it looked quite um, yellowy, too yellowy. Um so I went back and I just I chilled away for a bit by myself and then as each contraction came it was it was coming down further and further and I was like so I called the midwife and I said look here's the deal this is happening and she was like okay I don't know what that could be which to me now I'm like has this never happened before is this 
it seems like it would be a pretty normal thing that would happen but but they were so kind of like no that's that's not what's happening so she said do you want me to check you and I said well I don't want anything to slow this down what do you think and she she was very good she was like I'm happy to do whatever you think I'm not really sure what it is and I said well let's look let's have a look please so then she checks me and she's like oh yes look Jessica or whatever she said to her student she's like look this it is it's it's her membranes and I was like oh fantastic shall we get everyone else in (laughs) like I told you um and she's like yes that's amazing and I also then had said I'm just a bit anxious of the color of it and she was like oh no no it should be fine and I said okay fine and she goes you're you are um I think we have a silent laborer here she goes you are halfway and I was like oh cool great she goes I'm I'm um I haven't seen you all day this is you know fantastic well done you and blah 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 so I said okay great so I said can I go in and she was like yes she's call your partner and I was like oh this is great now bear in mind it had been eight hours in the hospital Patty sat in the car outside for eight hours um so it was not a fast moving thing and at this stage I was um starting to get pretty tired because I just had walked and walked and walked and not slept that night and then something that everyone should tell you and maybe they do and I just missed the memo but as soon as you get to the labor ward you can't eat anything so I had told Paddy when he's coming please bring me food so I get into the labor ward and I'm like can I have a granola bar and she's like I'm so sorry but you can't eat now and I was like what and she said yeah you're you know in the labor ward and if you have to go for c-section I was like oh you've got to be joking me so at that point now I was like okay I haven't eaten and I'm pretty tired so um Anyway, get into the labor ward and she says, oh, this is the other thing. The, the, the midwife who had examined me in the antenatal ward who had said, you're halfway. She said, no, don't be disheartened. But they're very stingy with their um, sizes, their measurements in the labor ward. And I was like, OK. And she goes, so she'll be she'll be quite. She may not say you're halfway, but you are. And I was like, OK, thank you. So I got in and she said, do you want me to examine you? And I said, okay, fine. And she examined me and she goes, she was actually quite a stern midwife. And she goes, yes, you're a three. And I was like, oh, okay. And in my head, I'm like, don't be disheartened. You are a five. You are fine. You're flying it. You just ignore her. What does she know? Well, Jessica said. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, She says, I'm not to be disheartened. I'm doing great. (laughs) um so she that and then um about two minutes then after she checked me uh my waters broke so then she goes oh there's meconium in the water and I was like yep I knew that I Mm. just knew I just knew looking at us and even to this day is that how you second guess yourself especially when you're first time and I've obviously never seen what the colors of a membrane should be well actually no I have because I've seen babies come out in the sack and it's lovely and not yellow it was really even looking back on it now like actually looking at the photo I'm like this I could absolutely tell that there was um meconium in the water so that was just annoying in the sense that I then had to be hooked up and um 
I couldn't walk around as much um, at all, really. They, I had a student midwife in as well who was absolutely brilliant and she was just so lovely and she was there the entire time until her shift ended to just help me figure out what was, you know, what was comfortable. And she got me a birthing stool, which was great. Um, so I could kind of sit off the bed, but that was about the extent of it. Lying down obviously just didn't, you know, I didn't want to lie down. So, um, yeah, I did that for a while. At that point, Paddy had come in and um, thing had just been sitting in the car for eight hours and was just, so I remember him coming in kind of flustered and then just kind of got stuck into, you know, whatever we needed to do. So um, I really found that I just went into myself and I was really still quite controlled with my breathing and I had gas and air um, and I found that really good to sort of focus on a breath during um, during the contractions. Um, but I was I was really coping very well, I felt anyway. I mean, they were they were getting pretty intense, but um, I was fine. And then it wasn't until kind of afterwards that this annoyed me. But at the time, I didn't really even pay much attention to the the midwife had said. I had a contraction and I was lying up on the back of the bed and I was you know, doing fine. I'd like, I was never sort of screaming or anything. I was just, mm. yeah. So it ended and she said to me, um, you know, if you want an epidural, you have to let me know in advance because, and she gave me all the timings of how long it would take. You know, I have to go get him. I have to do this. And then he has to come down and then it takes four. She, I, anyway, so it's at least an hour before it'll take. And at the time I wasn't going, I wasn't angry that she said it, but it, I, but I just remember thinking, yeah, I better get, yeah, yeah, oh, she's, okay. And in hindsight, it really annoys me that she'd said that, um, because it just, you're not in any frame of mind to sort of be like, sort of strong and be like, no, you, uh, it's just someone basically put doubt in my mind and I just went, yeah, but in fairness, I really do think I probably would have ended up going down the route because she did examine me again and, you know, she said, you're still three, which I was like, you mean five, but anyway. And um, she said, you know, you could be six or seven more hours doing this. And I was like, okay. And at this point, I was absolutely exhausted. Um, and I did kind of feel even in hindsight, I felt like it was a good decision for me. It's ju it just kind of irked me the way she went about it because I felt, well, don't put it in someone's head. It was not like I'd come in screaming, I'm getting an epidural. Then, because she left and the student was like, you're doing so well. Like, I really think you can go further without it. And yeah. so I think I did for a little bit. Um, and then I just remember thinking, I think I sort of rationalized it in my head uh, to be like, if I have six or seven more hours of this, and then have to push like I at that point had never been so tired and I am pretty fit Um, I kind of would be confident that I'd be you know I, I'd manage and then I had just hit this wall of just 
I mean, I was falling asleep in between the contractions, which were only, you know, I think I'd fall asleep as soon as they'd stop. But then they'd also got to a point where they actually weren't really stopping. And it wasn't like it was transition. It was just like the pain would dull off, but never give me that break. Yeah. Um, and I just was I just was absolutely shattered. And I just thought actually for myself to, I don't want to get to a point in the labor where I actually can't push him out because I was being so sort of stoic about not getting an epidural I thought I want to be able to now look I'm sure I'm sure I could have done it but um it's something like I said I wasn't set on absolutely not getting it so I don't feel like I wasn't mm. disappointed or anything um and it was such a long labor I mean from when I had that first contraction to when he was born it was like 30 hours or something so um with no sleep um so I got the epidural I even like that he came and he was like let me know if you're having a contraction which I did and I was like oh just stop for a second and honestly I was just like so tempted to be like actually can you come back because I didn't I didn't even find that that painful I like I can, I'm definitely coping but I thought he won't come back or something he'll, he'll be pissed off so um I I got it and um yeah it just it was it was mad it was just like suddenly I entered the room and I was just like oh hello everyone nice mm-hmm. to meet you um and I just at this stage then I think there was a crossover of midwives and then um I got my my second midwife who I got on much better with she was much softer um she was lovely she was really nice and um so chatty I was like trying to doze off and I was like, God, you got to just chat to her, I can't. So um, I didn't get any sleep, but I certainly rested. And um, don't really remember much between that. And it was just kind of resting. And then it kind of took on one side. So I could still feel pressure, which was great. Um, and I could still feel like when it came time to push and stuff. Um so I quite liked that. I don't know if you can request half an epidural, but it was um, it was quite nice. Um, and I could move one leg as well, whereas the other leg was sort of dead and Patty had to hold that. Um, so by the time it came time to push, he had started to become a little distressed and they had moved up his meconium level to grade two or something or level two. Um, not really sure what it means I just know it's slightly bit more serious than um the original one so by the time I came to push I really uh, honestly was almost out of it I was so so delirious and um I remember her talking me through what we were going like it's good it's time to push and this is what we're going to do and I couldn't even focus on her my eyes just kept closing and I was like you've got to wake up and like do this so I pushed for probably um, maybe an hour, um, 45 minutes maybe. And it was one of those things where I was pushing and she just started to become very serious. And she was just like, Alice, I need you to push harder. And I'm like, I am giving you everything. And she's like, I need more. This baby needs to come out. You know, all that serious voices. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, Jesus Christ. And so then in comes another midwife she um they kind of did good cop bad cop in a way um which worked quite well for them and then in came two p 
pediatricians as well, just standing at the end of the bed. And I was like, oh God, here we go. But I didn't, I don't know whether I was just so exhausted, but it didn't phase me. I wasn't panicking. I just was like, right, we, we get it. We got to get the baby out. So um, I remember Paddy, I just looked at him being like, is any of this working? Is, is it working? And he was like, yes, no, it's amazing. You're, I can see the head. Now afterwards, he was like, honestly, the head was about the size of a two euro coin. And then it would just disappear. And he was thinking, how in God's name is she going to get this baby out? But um, yeah, I just, we just kept going. And um, eventually she said, can I give you an episiotomy? So I said, yeah, do whatever. Obviously I prefer to avoid like instruments and stuff. So go for it. And um, after she did that, I delivered the head. And then once the head was out, he came out with the next contraction and it was just amazing. I could feel like it, I could feel, which I'm, you know, really grateful that the epidural had only sort of half taken because yeah. I could feel him coming out, which was just lovely um, and such a relief. And he was taken straight. In fairness, I actually think they lifted him straight onto my chest, but he was gone and straight away. Um, and he went to over to the doctor's. So, you know, cord was cut instantly. He had um, oxygen and I think he had, um, I think there's a score when the babies are born of like a nap car. Apgar, yeah. yeah. So I think he had a score of two. Um, but then five minutes later, he went up to a nine. So at first it was kind of serious, but then he just was, he was great. And she had actually warned us and said, look, he's going to be a little stunned when he comes out so don't expect him to cry straight away which was which was good um so we were kind of prepared that he'd he'd go and um he didn't leave the room or anything I mean we saw him the whole time and then um we heard him cry after what felt about like an hour but I think it was only a couple of minutes and that was absolutely amazing and then he was over onto my chest and um yeah it was just lovely he just um chilled out and fed Mm. and he he kind of he we did need to help him a little bit with feeding but after that and he's never looked back he's still going strong um which I was very lucky with um and yeah it was just I think I we were two hours in the room they stitched oh I delivered the placenta which I don't remember there being any hassle with I just delivered it straight um, and there wasn't any talk of it um, kind of rupturing or anything. Um, And then they stitched me up and um, then, yeah, then they sort of said it's time to go and in came the porters. And at this point I had no clothes on. I didn't have my bags. So they'd sort of said, we'll, Paddy said, I'll drop them at the door and the porters will bring them to you. So I'm wheeled away with baby in arms. They stop at the lift so Paddy can go. So it's this odd, like, okay, bye mm. now. Um, exchange of like, oh, you know, it's just, just really weird, really weird. And I'm, okay, maybe even in real times that would have happened because it was the middle of the night. But um, it was just not knowing when we were going to... Um, well, I hadn't expected to stay in long. I honestly thought I'd see him the next day. So it wasn't anything emotional. It was just kind of weird. Um, 
were brought to our ward and it's like the middle of the night and I was like oh my god all these other women are here like it was only about four women but I was like they're babies what if I wake them this oh my god okay we have to be quiet and sort of wheeled in and then they just pull the curtains and just leave you and I was like wait what I have no clothes on me um this is it was just the most surreal thing of just the nurses who had been with me the whole time and how you know delivered him weren't there and I was like what what happens now um so we rushed that time I did it he just lay on my chest and it was lovely and um I was chatting to Paddy then when he'd got home and you know it was just a bizarre scenario though of just sitting there like what is going on and um then a midwife came and yeah eventually she helped me change she changed bow for me because um I couldn't um get out of bed and um yeah then I tried to get a few hours sleep and um I at about seven o'clock I asked could I go to the bathroom and um she said oh are you sure like can you walk and I was like no no I can like absolutely I can yeah I'm good I can and she was like okay grand so I went down to the bathroom which was couple of steps away and um I peed and then I passed this big clot and I called her back um I was never shy about anything certainly especially after having just given birth I just felt like Mm. you know there was no secrets (laughs) so I was like excuse me um I've just passed this big clot is that normal and she was like um yeah and then at that point I just felt really faint and I was like no and she was like are you okay and then I she had me sit down and then I fainted and she was calling for help and she got got a wheelchair and she was like okay back you know are you okay and I was again I'm fine I'm fine honestly and brought me back to bed and that was grand and once I was lying down I was fine um so a couple of hours later I call her back and I said can I go to the bathroom again she's like um I I you know, do you need to go? And I was like, well, I'm hardly asking for the crack. Yes, I do need to go. And she's like, okay, well, she's like, she didn't believe me. She was like, you can't need to go. And I was like, I do. And she's like, so she scanned my bladder and she was like, oh my God, it's really full. I was like, yes, I know. And she goes, okay, I'm really not comfortable with you getting out of bed. Can I give you a bedpan? And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then she's like, and I'm really not comfortable leaving you can I stay? And I'm like, oh, sure, you might as well. Do you want to invite anyone else in, like anyone else like to come see? So I then couldn't be. And she was like, I was like, maybe it's because you're looking at me. And she was like, no, I think it's because you have, I can't remember the name of it, but basically things can get um, swollen. Everything was swollen. I don't know whether it's the mm-hmm. urethra was swollen or the bladder or something, but you just I can't, couldn't pass any urine. So she said, I'm going to have to give you a catheter, um, which I said, that's fine, because then I won't have to get out of bed so much. So because I was really even sitting up as well onto the bedpan, I nearly passed out. So I'm going to leave it there for part one of Alice's story. In part two of Alice's story, she shares all of the details surrounding her postpartum hemorrhage. Some of you might not be in a place to listen to a story that I actually found quite upsetting listening to. Alice tells her story so well, is so honest and for 
the purpose of raising awareness. So if you're not in a place to listen to a story that is quite sensitive in parts, then maybe episode two is not for you at the moment. But I know a lot of you can relate to it. And I know a lot of you after speaking to you today are looking forward to hearing Alice's story. So thank you, Alice, for sharing again. I am definitely going to start creating more awareness about postpartum hemorrhage and blood loss after birth. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.